Hello, and welcome to a special edition of No Lights Paranormal Podcast, where three nerdy paranormal investigators sit down and discuss spooky stories from the web. My name is Joe. I am the lead investigator. My name is Teresa. I am a researcher. I am Alex. I am the tech wizard. I am the messiah of media. Again. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Again. Did hey, you I've, lose been, your spot? I've been reinstated <laughs> at this point. Lost uh, a celebrity deathmatch. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, Baba Yaga enthusiast. Yeah. So let's let's roll this beautiful bean footage. <laughs> yes, and Merry Christmas to everybody, belated as it is now. Uh, but Merry Christmas to all you had a wonderful Christmas day out there filled with love and joy and joy and good presents and all that. <laughs> Happy holidays. Holidays, yes. I say Christmas. I do say Merry Christmas. It's just whatever you represent, right? So yeah. happy holidays. Merry 100% Christmas. Merry Christmas, but also uh, happy Yule, happy solstice, happy whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope yours is beautiful. That was my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, do we have any announcements to get out of the way? <clears throat> or are things all quiet on that front? Yeah, as a matter of fact, things are pretty quiet for us at the moment. We don't actually have um, anything getting ready to go down aside from... Of course, everyone's already aware, in in mid-January, we're going to Madison Seminary. Um, So that is about it for now. The the Christmas and holiday season um, is quiet on the paranormal front. Uh, Then, okay, I'll I'll say this. This is a story I was telling you guys that I had, saving for this special podcast. Uh, This has nothing to do with the paranormal or anything like that. It's, for those of you who listen and you guys at the table who know me, I work for Amazon. During the last month of the year, it's very, very busy. We're working all the time trying to get excuse me, trying to get the packages out to you guys to commit fulfill that customer promise. As you can imagine for Amazon. Yes. So on Christmas Eve, that is the biggest day for us because we're trying to get everything out, make sure the warehouse is clean of packages, make sure nothing's out there, making sure everybody's getting it for Christmas Day. So with that being a manager there if there are packages in the warehouse that we cannot get someone to take, we have to take them ourselves. So, with that being said, I decided to be festive this year and dress up as the Grinch to deliver packages because I thought it'd be hilarious. I think we should post some pictures on our No Lays Paranormal it's, website. It's going to happen. Yes. At, go ahead, do so. I've only got the one picture that I sent you guys. That's so, okay. Because, yeah. We got them. We'll, you, so, you will see that picture. Yeah. So, right after... I shut down the warehouse, and I leave. I go to deliver the 20 or so packages that I had to deliver. And I didn't wear the mask because you can't really see anything in a mask, so I didn't want to drive and do that. But I was sure. wearing a full costume and everything. When I get to the stop, I take it and put my mask on and walk up to the door. Here's the funny part. I was delivering in, like, Aurora, uh, Solon, all those. So like, right around your station. Yeah, very nice, ritzy areas, kind of. And... Aurora is beautiful, by the way, guys. So if you live there, like, more power to you. I love that area. Mm -hmm. So with that, I knew there was going to be ring cameras. And they record anytime you get up, so I decided to flare it up a little bit and walk like the Grinch delivering a package and play it up a little bit. Have a little bit of fun with it because it was like 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm dead tired, so I decided to just do this to reinvigorate myself. (laughs) What I didn't know was that because I was doing that, somebody called the cops on me. Oh no! So not surprised. This I'm guy delivering the packages. 
a cruiser pulls up right behind me. <laughs> if whoever has that ring footage, if you're listening, please send it to me. I want to see it because the cops pulled up and I froze, <laughs> and I literally have a package in my hand. It literally looked like I was a Grinch getting stopped with a package. In oh, my that's hand. I feel like the cops were absolutely having a oh, blast when they pulled up and saw it. They looked at me at first. I was like, "Hey, my name is Joe. I work for Amazon." Here's my credentials. Just messing around. <laughs> I am delivering packages right now that we have to do this as per our job. I'm wearing my work vest. I'm not here doing anything nefarious. And they're like, no, it's... They, they were like, this is funny as hell. So <laughs> they're like, we understand. I was like, I was like no, I, I get why somebody called the cops. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Somebody's creeping around the house dressed as a Grinch. I fully understand. I get it. I was like, but just know, this is why I'm doing this. And they're like, nah, it's cool. So they took pictures with me. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it was. It, I, I'm I would. Sure. More, I'd be more interested in having the cop pictures with the Grinch. I didn't right? have those. They didn't send me them. So I understand. I'm like, yeah. just saying. What station was it? Because I bet it's on their, their Facebook. Solon, probably. Solon. Maybe uh, Aurora. Not Solon. I was in Aurora at the time. Aurora? So, yeah. I, I doubt it. But I'm pretty sure that's going to be in the news. At least that's kind of what I'm hoping. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was a hilarious story. The Grinch almost got arrested on Christmas. So. <laughs> and to be fair, Joe and I have been sitting with Amazon for roughly the same amount of time. Yeah. So we are like six months away from being into our fifth Christmas, which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a lot, guys, let me tell you that. But it's it's totally worth it. It is. But as yeah, I just as both a, a podcaster and a husband, I can tell you that come the end of November, I literally tell my wife, I will see you in January. Right. Literally, yeah. I, I <laughs> no, do that every year. I tell these guys every last year, last month of the year, like, hey guys, I'll see you in a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you and I know each other, and for a long time we worked in the same building. Right, so, like, right. yeah, it's it's definitely <laughs> one of those things. We'll, yeah. we'll see you at the end of the month. Which is funny because you guys always send me texts like, we don't see you anymore. I'm like, it's peak. It's peak. That's why. <laughs> like, True. I can't come over. <laughs> Gone forever. Sorry. Hashtag Amazon life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought that was a cool little story to share about Christmas. And that started off my Christmas pretty good. So, <laughs> But actually, the cops were actually really cool about it. They were joking around with me. They were having fun. They are like, just... Just don't be creepy going up to the doors with it, because that—that's how do I not be creepy in this costume? Just yeah. well, the rest of the night I decided to take the mask off and just go deliver it. So <laughs> but yeah, that was my uh, Christmas story for the night. That's fantastic. So yes, special edition hashtag Christmas episode. Indeed. Well, day after Christmas, but Christmas episode. Right, right, right. That's okay. That's okay. So yeah, yeah, I'm actually excited about this one. Um, I, I deliberately truncated my story just a tad because, you know, I thought last week's was... I'm sorry. Lengthy? <laughs> sorry, you guys... Listen, listen, we were racing for lengthy between you and I. Yeah. Right. But you know what? I had a whole heap of fun telling that story, so... Yeah. No, it's funny because I normally listen to the podcast on my way to work. Yeah. And normally I can finish it from where I live where I get to work, this it's time done. you had to do it all the way there. Oh, all the way home. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was <laughs> no, we, we hit like the hour and a half barrier yeah. last we week. We did, we did, I know. Yeah, it was Which, very late. To be fair, we apologize, guys. We do try to shoot for the hour mark you know due what? to I, like I, work. Yeah. I have to say, I do not apologize. I hope that you truly enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed telling it. Oh, that, that's fair too. 
I don't know. We'll see when the uh, numbers populate. Yeah, watch. Well, it'll be our nah, nah, listen nah. to Oh, episode. shit. That reminds me. I got numbers to look up while yeah, we are doing. Yeah, you to figure out what we're doing next week. Good thing nope. we're not going for it. Already picked what we're doing next week. Remember? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm 43. I'll remind you at the end of the episode. Cool. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in, in just, yeah, happy holidays, guys. How friggin' cool is it that we... Uh, have made it to Christmas, and I deeply hope that we're still doing this to tell another story oh, next I'm Christmas. Fairly 100% certain that we will. Well, even if nobody listens, <laughs> I think we'll still release episodes. Hopefully, I don't get arrested next Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So people yes. will listen, all right. And this is this is where I think we get the bump because most of the podcasts that I listen to, they're like, we're taking Christmas off. Oh, right. so what you're saying is we're the only Christmas episode. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Pretty good chance. They have no option but to listen because they're bored. Right. I'll take and we love you for it. A win. Exactly, it's a win. <laughs> no, nah, but I appreciate people like that. Hey, I'm bored, so I'm just gonna listen to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. We appreciate you. Um, we love doing this. So yeah. All right. So let's get started then. Uh, who wants to go first this week? Uh, well, Alex already claimed the last spot. Okay. <laughs> I just claim not the first spot. Uh, apologize, well, guys. I'm still pounding my Wendy's. So. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to have a baconator. Hmm. Right. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you should go first because you two have similar stories in mine. Is definitely still a Christmas story, but it's a little different. Yeah, let's okay. put her in the middle and then we'll uh, yeah. We'll separate the Baba Yaga. All yeah. Right. <clears throat> All right, well, as I was telling these guys on the porch, I didn't tell them much about it uh, because I kind of wanted to get their... Natural reaction when I talked about it. Um, I am doing the Legend of La Befania, and I hope I am pronouncing that right. Mm. Uh, the reason why I chose the story is because it, a certain picture of it kind of caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And like I told you guys on the, on the porch, um, I remember seeing this as a kid growing up, and my mom had it on the windowsill. But have you ever seen those little red witches? I don't know. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and I'm showing a picture of it right now because I knew they had to get a point of reference for it. <clears throat> but um, I never knew what that actually was. And to be fair, pictures will be posted. We'll go right, ahead. right, right. Uh, I never knew what that actually was. I just thought it was a. It always came up during Christmas and all that. And my mother, her relatives were Welsh descent. Oh. So, and this is of Italian descent. So, it, I would it have just, never yeah, made that connection. connection. Uh, but apparently. La Bafania, without getting too much into it, uh, which I will later on, but apparently she was the wise man that never showed up for baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, the story goes, she's kind of like the good witch of Christmas. Okay. Uh, and mind you, in America, Christmas is all about Santa Claus. But to the rest of the world, and I know everybody pretty much knows this, there's different types of Santa Claus. Sure. Uh, you know, there's obviously Krampus is the bad Santa Claus, but there's also St. Nicholas, who was originally the Santa Claus that had a another guy with him that would actually beat the children if they were naughty. Uh, the, the story of Santa Claus goes all over the place. Um, but apparently, this La Bafania, uh Let me find where it's at. Okay. Uh, there's a sp- specific tale... With mostly subtle variations re- relating to Bafania. Connection to the three kings of Epiphany. Can't talk now. 
uh, which actually explains the brew. So, the story goes, as the wise men were making their way to see baby Jesus in the manger and all that to Bethlehem, uh, they were stopping along the way to ask for directions. Because... <laughs> it happened back then because you're I thought they were following the star, bro. They were. <laughs> but as you get closer to the, you know, you followed stars in the sky before, it's hard to tell sometimes. So, so they would stop and say, Hey, it's it's the major, blah blah blah, it's right above us. The only way you get a man to ask for directions is to send him after the baby Jesus. Yeah, I guess. It's so, not anyways. that listen, to be fair <laughs> to be fair, to share with the viewers that are out there listeners, viewers, whatever that are out there, Joe and I have been lost in woods that we are very familiar with. Alright? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyways, they stopped, asked for directions, and anybody that asked would say, hey, we're going to see the God born as a baby. Come with us. And this Labahanya said, I can't. I'm busy working. She was sweeping the floors and making everything clean. So they said, all right. Move, kept it moving. <laughs> as they went on, they never really said how long, but said she had a change of heart and decided, you know what? I should probably go do this. Let's go see it. Got on a broom and went away, but could never find the three wise men or the baby Jesus. Interesting. She actually had gifts for the baby. Mm-hmm. So, as the legend goes, because she could never find the wise men or baby Jesus, she gave the gift gave the gifts to other children, hmm. therefore creating Santa Claus. Interesting. In a weird way. So. Right now, the legend goes that she flies around on Christmas looking for baby Jesus, but never finding him, and she delivers presents to everybody else. Oh, I love wow. it. I, uh, yeah, that's neat. So, so, yeah, she also delivers coal for naughty children, <laughs> as we always thought, you know, Santa did yeah. give coal for naughty kids. Uh, apparently, this was had a lot of beginnings for the origin of Santa Claus in America. Now, do you have any idea, like... When her lore got popular, like when people started sort of believing um, in her, I should say. Um, well, it originally originated in Italy, and I can tell you, every year on January fifth, residents of Urbania, uh, apparently that's where this originated from, uh, over thirty thousand to fifty thousand people arrive for dancing and juggling and singing of in the streets. Wow. Yeah. So it's big. That's awesome. Um, as when it says it took hold in America, I have no idea. Uh, I'm assuming probably Ellis Island, maybe, because that's when a lot of people okay. came over from other countries. Yeah, and honestly, so, New York was was filled with Irish right. immigrants for many. Well, this many this decades. is Italian. It's not Irish. It's that's Italian. what I meant. Italian. Yeah. That's what I meant. Uh, I just I don't know why I said Irish. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, you're just hanging out with me. It's fine. That's really what it is. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, that's what I'm kind of guessing. Um, let me see here. They do have something. Uh, well, the ancient goddess connection is probably accurate. Bafania has been transformed through the ages. From her likely ancient Roman origins, the medieval figure conceived from the 13th century Rome is very similar to her grandmother, grandmotherly Bafania children adore today. Hmm. So, yeah. I, the reason why it caught my eyes because, like I said, I remembered seeing that little Christmas witch on the windowsill in my mom's house or in my house in my grandma's house in my friend's house I'm pretty sure all the old timers that have since moved on God rest their soul uh, has had that in there and I never ever knew what it was and to be fair I don't even think my mom knew what it was because uh, my mom liked witches she, it was her thing it was yeah. like oh this is cool so 
I, I'm wondering now, and I'm curious if anybody is listening to this now, post on our Facebook to say if you remember this little, she called yeah. it a kitchen witch. A kitchen, I've heard of that. I've yep. heard of the kitchen the witch. The more you and, talk about it, the more yeah. familiar I am with it. Yeah, so that's what made I just me. Got so excited. That's what made me do this story because I'm like, I've seen that as a kid. I've seen the kitchen as witch. a kid, not knowing what it was, yeah. and now I know the history of it. It's very interesting because I've never heard of the, the uh, witch being invited to see baby Jesus, and didn't that's, go because she was busy cleaning. That's and how she got so around? Cool. She rode her broom, and even still, when she gives presents to children, if she runs out of presents, she gives them straws from her broom. Oh, that's and, so cool. Yeah, and there's a big old celebration where they call it uh the little It's on I'm pretty sure that's not what they call it, but right. what? The oh, wow. oh, no, no, no. That was just me. That was just me. Uh the Feast of Epiphany? The Feast of Epiphany? Yeah. yeah. That's what they actually call it. Ooh, so, ooh, the interweaving is going to be amazing here. Right, Oh, right. by the by, um, I'm sorry. I looked it up because you know how I am, the researcher. The 13th century, so the 1200s, is when her story became popular. Okay. I did Just, say the 13th, right? I don't think you said one way or the other. Yeah, you didn't yeah. say one way or the other, so yeah. it's fine. No, I said the 13th century. Okay. When oh, I was I, reading that, yeah, the 13th century for the world. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm deaf. <laughs> No, I said the 13th century for the Roman epi- oh. thing for her, and then Ellis Island was my best guess. Okay. Right. Yeah. To be fair, understood. Yeah, but no, I just <clears throat> I know the history of Baby Jesus. I've never heard of that one, and I thought that was interesting that we relate Christmas with the birth of Christ, and now that this comes out, and yeah, I just thought it was a, a nice little segue into a Christmas thing. Oh. Um, but yeah, if you guys have seen that please put it on our Facebook that you've seen that goes before I'll post pictures of it yeah uh, sure. and I'll cool. actually post the article that I got from on there as well uh, which it's actually from an Italian website uh, Italia Rail I believe it's called hmm. but yeah I'll post that on the actual Facebook page so you can see it and please if you do see it please comment I want to know if you guys seen this as a kid too because I thought that was mind blowing yeah it blows your mind when you when you see something and then, then you hear a story about it yeah so, uh, yeah, those two stories, and that's it. There's minor ironies in our discrepancies, right, uh, uh, as far as family chain and where they go, right? Right, right. Uh, so I think the one solidarity that we all have is that Irish is a part of all of our heritage, right? Right. right. Uh, I, in specific, am Irish, Italian, and Native American. So I actually have such an incredibly small percentage of Irish heritage in my blood that it basically doesn't even count. So Well, you're very much... Right, well... Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't am, say it out loud. <laughs> I, I, I'm a whole lot of German, and uh, uh, my grandmother was from uh, Bristol, England. My great-grandma. Hmm. Uh, yeah, my heritage has no Italian in it whatsoever. Yeah. Irish, Welsh, and American Indian. So, nice. yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know where the kitchen witch came from. <laughs> also, also I'm pretty sure my mom thought salt in the pawn shop and was like, that looks cool. And well, then- <laughs> that or, let's be honest, so, like, with what you were saying, with uh, when it caught on over here, prob- possibly, probably being Ellis Island. Right, right, right. Like, how many of our... Like heritage, 
came over at the same time. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, to an extent. I'm, yeah, I'm not no, saying we all knew each other. I'm just saying... No, 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 I know what you were going with. I don't know if we, if my family came over before Ellis Island or after Ellis Island. I'm not sure of the time frame of that. I'm pretty sure mine was not during, but fairly immediately after. Like, within, yeah. like, a decade or so, like, after, like, the big boat where everybody was signing names right, on. Right. Huh. I... Not actually sure. I'll have to research that. Which research on my family history is a lot. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it this way: the Hughes are good for a couple things, and um, a big family one is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my story for the Christmas thing. So yeah, I love it. Let me tell you how many times I've gone out to a place and not met one of Joe's ancestors or family members. Uh, it's pretty close to zero. Yeah. yeah. There's an old saying. You mess with one Hughes, you mess with them all. So. You can't get away. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. I'm pretty sure there was a St. Patrick's Day where you literally just made my brother give up. Yeah. No, that, was, that, was, that was hilarious. That girl's cute. Who's that? My cousin. Well, that one's cute. Who's that? My cousin. My other cousin. Well, that girl's really cute, too. Who's that? My cousin. Well, who, I, this girl's I'm cute. Done. Who's this? That's my sister. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, no, with the, the, the Grinch thing and that thing, that's my stories for That's phenomenal, and I love it. Love them. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. So, like I said, my story was a little bit different because mine isn't necessarily about anything like Christmas origin or whatnot. It's not about folklore. It's an actual true event. Mm -hmm. And it is one of the most horrific events that has ever taken place on a Christmas day in the history of the world. So mine... You mean um, not getting a Thundercast castle? I mean, that's... <laughs> nothing can top that. Right. Sorry, Dad. Damn it, Skeletor. <laughs> mine, my story starts off in uh, the theater district of downtown Chicago, Illinois. Um, we are December 30th of 1903. Um, comedian Eddie Foy, who was actually incredibly famous back in the day. I mean, this man worked with the likes of George Cohen and uh, several other vaudeville actors that were, like, freaking amazing. So, anywho, he was performing a matinee um, at the Iroquois Theater of Mr. Bluebeard, which um, isn't necessarily for children, but oddly enough, the vast majority of the audience was women and children because it was Christmas vacation from school. So the theater was absolutely packed with nearly 2,000 people there to see uh, Eddie Foy's performance. Um, so... Everything starts off, and it's all great and grand, and he goes through the first part of his act, and everyone is having a great time. Uh, he goes backstage, he does his thing, he comes out this time in drag for the second part of the show, which is just hilarious, because back then, drag was nothing but just, just right. being funny. So, of course, everyone is just laughing and having a great time. All of a sudden... One of the arc lights, uh, which is a, a type of stage lighting, uh, caught a curtain on fire. And 
within a matter of 15 minutes, the entire theater was engulfed in flames. Sounds like a great white concert from like two decades ago. Exactly. Which, you know, there's a lot of really unfortunate things that go along with that in 1903. Um, The theater... For starters, all wood. <laughs> was at max capacity. Uh, the theater only had one entrance. Uh, the broad stairway that led to the foyer, from the foyer to the balcony level uh, to reach the stairs was at gallery level, which means that the patrons basically had to trip out of a door and fall three feet onto the fire escape which was solid steel and completely icy because this is a Chicago winter. So people were literally just taking dives off of the fire escape. First stage divers. Right? Yeah. Metalheads. Sorry. Um, Going up and down narrow corridor stairwells where they would find giant iron gates that were locked closed to prevent people who had less expensive tickets from making it to the main seating area. Yeah. So they were just getting locked in everywhere they went. Most of the doors to the place opened inward because that fire safety wasn't really a thing back then. But No, they didn't actually pay attention to that kind of shit. Exactly. So the doors opened inward, which made it almost impossible for a humongous crowd of hundreds of people stampeding to actually open the door in on themselves. Right. Let's be honest. That's besides the fact that there was literally only really one entrance in and out. Yeah. Yeah. And the so-called fire exits were, some of them were covered up by curtains to keep light out to keep the atmosphere. So people didn't even know they were there. They're just running into curtains hanging on the wall. They whatever decoration, and if they did find one of the actual doors to exit, it was locked up tight again to keep people who didn't have tickets from coming in because Eddie Foy was an incredibly popular actor at the time. No, so all bad, absolutely nothing good about this entire situation. Uh, there was. Uh, by the end, by the end of this matinee performance, um, let's see here, it says, many, many of the estimated 21 to 2200 page- patrons attending the matinee were children. The standing room areas were so crowded that some patrons sat in the aisles, even blocking exits. Um, It was very shortly after the second act with a musical number called In the Pale Moonlight with the stage illuminated by a blue-tinted spotlight to suggest a nighttime scene. Sparks from an arc light ignited a muslin curtain, which was supposed to be a fireproof curtain, but was actually made with wood fibers and um, asbestos. Hold my flame and watch this. Sounds both, fireproof to me. It's yeah, fine. Both extraordinarily <laughs> flammable materials. But proof. <laughs> and even to the point that when this theater first opened, they dubbed this place fireproof. Very much like dubbing the Titanic unsinkable. Yeah. Well, we see what happened there. It broke in half. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they believe it possibly was a re- result of an electrical short circuit 
but they're not entirely certain. Uh, lamp operator William McMullen testified that the lamp was placed too close to the curtain by the <laughs> stage managers uh, and had failed to offer a solution when he had first reported the problem. McMillan uh, clapped at the fire when it started, but unfortunately the flames quickly raced up the curtain and out of his reach. Uh, the theater fireman, William Sellers, tried to douse the fire uh, with a standard fire canister at the time, um, but at that time, forget it, it was way, way out of reach and way out of hand. Um, there were painted canvases uh, that were hanging scenery. Um, painted canvases, obviously they used oil paints. The stuff just right. just went up like a match head. So everything in this place was flammable. Yeah, this whole damn place <laughs> is like is as flammable as it gets. Right. Um, the stage manager tried to lower the asbestos fire curtain uh, but it snagged. <laughs> um, so uh, there was there was a trolley wire that carried the acrobats over the mm -hmm. stage, yeah. and um, it, this curtain snagged on this this wire and prevented it from actually falling down and blocking the stage off from the rest of, of the building. <laughs> uh, that's what was supposed to maintain the fire, you know, just yeah. to sort of contain it to the stage area. Um, Oops. Later, investigations showed that the curtain had been uh, blocked by a light reflector that protruded from uh, under the arch of the stage. Uh, and the chemist who later tested uh, part of the curtain stated that it was composed mainly of wood pulp mixed with asbestos, which would have been, quote, of no value in a fire. Because <laughs> it would have went up. <laughs> True. <laughs> Toasted. So, with all of that, um, and this is, this is the absolute worst part of the entire thing. So, the fire caused, immediately caused, uh, 602 deaths, uh, 250 non-fatal injuries, which it ranks it as the absolute worst theater fire in the U.S., uh, surpassing the previous record holder of the Brooklyn Theater Fire in 1876, which claimed about 278 lives. So this was damn near tripled that. Um, for nearly a century, the Iroquois Theater Fire was the deadliest single building disaster in American history. Only the destruction of the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001 claimed more lives in a disaster affecting an American building when 1,466 office employees died in Building 1 and 626 office workers died in Tower 2, an additional loss of 400 firefighters and public safety professionals between the two buildings. So this lovely, absolutely fireproof building uh, claimed 602 lives in a fire. Um, nobody even had any idea that anything was happening at this point. Because, yeah, the inside of this building was, you know, completely on fire. But the outside. Um, <laughs> there, were, there was no indication from the outside of the building that there was a fire. Yeah. And even the Chicago PD, who patrolled on foot in those times, they had absolutely no idea until all of a sudden someone came literally flying out of a window, trying to just simply escape the fire. Damn. 
and this person was on fire when they jumped out of the building. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if nowadays, but I remember back when we were in, like, certain safety classes in, like, elementary school, where it was, like, the whole stop, drop, and roll thing, right? Yeah. Um, It was made very clear to us how fast the inside of the building went up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was seconds. (laughs) Oh yeah, literal seconds. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, because the air feeds it. Mm-hmm. So exactly. So yeah, and and that's another thing that happened. The back stage doors, which were the fire exit, where the vast majority of patrons were attempting to get out, when the doors to this alley eventually opened, a massive gust of fresh air came into the theater, and the fire basically backdrafted. It was. Which we know awful. from that movie is horrible. It's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no bueno. The most awful thing that could have happened. So, flaming bits of fabric, raining down all over the stage, terrified theater goers, um, literally stampeding each other. Um, every single light in the entire building went dark because obviously this was an electrical situation and they didn't have emergency lighting. So once the stage lights Ooh. went out, the whole place was pitch black. Except for the light of the flame. Except for the light of Which the is fire. Horrific if you think about it. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> um, clearly marked. So it, yeah. The only bright side to this grim Christmas time tragedy was the implementation of many safety features we know today, including clearly marked fire exits and outswinging doors that are always unlocked from the inside. So thankfully, all of those modern fire safety things that we have, uh, the vast majority of them were implemented because of the situation at the Iroquois. No. So I guess we have all those people to thank for that. I mean, that's kind of the way it happens anyways. Whenever we get a safety feature, it's because someone died. Exactly, because something horrible <laughs> happened to make us realize. Like, oh, didn't know that happened this way. Let's make that a safety feature. Exactly, exactly. Thank you, Crash Dummies. It's, exactly. <laughs> um, I do actually have a photo here of the actual stage light that caused the fire. Um, I will post it. Um, as the fire grew, panic began to set in. The crowd was limited in their escape paths since so many of the exit doors were locked to prevent unticketed spectators from watching the play. Um, Foy, who was dressed in drag for the show, urged the crowd to remain calm and even instructed the orchestra to continue playing as the fireproof Iroquois theater continued to burn behind him. However, he and the orchestra eventually reached uh, an untenable situation and they were forced to escape themselves. As the crowd became more frantic, a crew member opened the rear door in an attempt to help more people to safety. As soon as the door opened, the cold December air rushed in and created a backdraft. The fireball shot out from the stage and only accelerated the blaze. Meanwhile, people in the upper balconies became even more frantic to escape. The single staircase significantly limited the escape paths and led people jumping off the balconies and falling to their deaths. While there were fire escapes to the outside of the upper levels, They were not yet equipped with ladders. Many more jumped to their deaths instead of being burned alive. Still, others set up scaffolding scaffolding to create a makeshift bridge to another building. While some were able to escape that way, most fell trying to cross. When the Air Corps fire was finally extinguished, 602 people were burned alive or fell to their deaths, 
One married couple was burned together in a final embrace, and the remains had to be removed together. Mm-hmm. Um, activity is interesting. So, for starters, the Iroquois Theater, after the fire, was sort of redone and reopened um, under a completely different name, of course. After all of that, uh, they decided to actually completely tear down uh, the theater and another theater was built in its place. Uh, And that is the one that currently sits there right now. But still, the grounds, it's a theater, hasn't really changed at all. And there's lots and lots and lots of hauntings. Um, Even though the current James M. Netherland Theater was built more than two decades after the Iroquois Theater fire, paranormal activity related to the fire continues to this day. Apparitions have been observed plunging to their deaths as many chose to be chose that over being burnt alive. Fire has been observed bursting outside the back of the theater. The smell of smoke is not an uncommon occurrence. While on a break, one of the stage ministers stepped outside to light a cigarette. While he was looking down, he heard a voice that said, smoke will kill you. He looked up and a woman in a hoop skirt and a big hat was standing right in front of him before promptly disappearing. And that's the day I quit smoking. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> After the show, when everyone had left and he was closing up, he heard the toilet flush in the women's restroom along with the giggling of young girls. When he entered, no one was there. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> out. <laughs> and so much more. So much more. <coughs> People see apparitions of burnt victims. Like... With their faces oh, that'd be clothes, crazy to see that. And you were telling me, uh, due to the timing of the day, a lot of the victims in that were women and children. Yeah, women and children were, were the vast majority were women and children. Um, and and there's even there's so much more to this. The alley outside where there was a huge backdraft from opening the stage doors is actually where they end up ended up piling. Um, all 602 of the bodies um, so that they could be properly taken to wherever they needed to go. Taken, identified, etc. There are over a dozen cemeteries scattered through Chicago that hold victims of this because there were just so many that they all couldn't go to one place. Fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, Chicago. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Chicago's got a, a very dark bloody history. history. Yeah, very dark history. <laughs> um, so these days, you can visit um, and watch shows on the stage where uh, the James M. Netherland Theater now sits, um, and potentially witness a ghost of Christmas past. Ah, yeah, but yeah, this this actually took place on on Christmas, nineteen oh three. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how we ruin your Christmas. (laughs) 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 Fucked up, huh? Yeah, it is. I mean, to be quite honest with you, I'm sorry, I don't mean to take it. No, please, I'm done. Were you done? Yeah. Uh, To be quite honest with you, as I was researching this, like, Christmas has a bloody past. Oh, it does. It it, is. More than I realized. 
Uh, and I never knew that Christmas was actually like one of the old pastimes was actually sitting around sharing scary stories. Yeah. That was legitimately a thing in Christmas. It is both uh, exciting and depressing at the same time, isn't it? <laughs> right. Well, somebody brought it up in a, a video that I watched on it was uh, when it's like, you know, 1675 and you ain't got much else to do, what better way to pass the time? Facts, right? You had nothing else to do. And that's where literally a Christmas carol came from. Yeah. Uh, was he, they, they were just sitting around sharing stories. Also, you have to think in many of these places, like, come fucking December, it's cold. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're not going outside, so you're sitting around the fireplace, the hearth, if you yeah. will, back then, yep. sharing these stories. Yeah. And I, I've, I've found a lot of stories. Um, most of it was around Krampus. <laughs> Which I didn't want to cover because of obvious reasons. Like, that's everybody knows that. I mean, I uh, guess if we're staying away from famous haunted places, we should stay away from famous folklore right, right, stories, right. right? So you're not far off there. That's funny. right. But, uh, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of haunted Christmas places. Right. Which, so to was, be fair, is why I'm kind of excited that my wife covered a right. quote-unquote haunted... Like, yeah. It was, it was to throw out the... What we're doing. Right, right, right. The anti, anti-Christmas. <laughs> right? Uh. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, one of the interesting things that I read, too. Um, out in front of the building, uh, apparently after a person jumped from one of the fire escapes, and this was witnessed by a Chicago PD, uh, then um, the officer also said that um, the the sewage grate in the middle of the road popped open and out came elves and fairies. What? Yeah. It, in that fire? These were actual actors. Oh, okay. Dressed as elves <laughs> and fairies. Oh, shit. That almost got real weird. <laughs> I got excited. Who had... Um, the, the vast majority of this, there were over 300 actors and stagehands, and the vast majority of them escaped through actually going through the sewer. What year What year was it? 1903. Okay. Back then, policemen, they took a lot of liberties. Right. So just say the policeman's maybe having a couple drinks out the back on Christmas Day, but and then sees fairies <laughs> and stuff. And to be fair, on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you have fairies and elves climbing out. Yeah, but then all of a sudden, you see an elf or fairy climb out of the sewer. Yeah, it's going to do something to you. He's probably like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> say hello to my little friends. <laughs> Throws the uh, flask away. So <laughs> should definitely stop drinking. Who fed me absinthe? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, don't look up horrible Christmas tragedies. You will find a few. Uh, yeah, just wait till next Christmas and we'll tell you three more. Um, exactly. <laughs> I actually think that's why Christmas took on the demeanor it did. Yeah, I think so. Because of the... How it was done and the tragedy of it and how many people were thinking it's a pagan holiday... I, I think that's why it switched here in America. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know. No, the original Christmas was considered by many to be a pagan holiday, but it's it's nor it's not, but that's what they considered it to be. Right. <laughs> right. 
No, I'm purposely trying to goad Alex. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for your goading. I know. I know. <laughs> that was a pointed comment, so. <laughs> I don't goad you. I'm not going to let you goad me. That's a bold face lie. <laughs> I don't goad you on air. <laughs> but um, there is actually a lot more to this, too. Uh, $49 a person will get you on the original Chicago Ghost Hunting Tour, where they actually do go uh, into the Death Alley and tell you all about the theater farm. Nice. Make sure oh, to post cool. on the website. So you uh, threw out a sales pitch in there, too. It's fun. I appreciate Hey, um, we've, we said like we were going to start doing that. I'm fine with that. I think we should be sponsored for throwing out sales pitches, though. I'm just uh, saying. AmericanGhostWalks.com. So I should get that for $25 since I pitched it for 50 <laughs> Well, well now we get it for 60 <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Like, Fair enough. And your price is 75 <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so what kind of holiday would it be if I were not to talk about a witch? Facts. All right? Facts. So... A regular holiday? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I talk, I talk about witches on regular holidays. I'm talking about witches on all holidays. Okay. <laughs> Witch, I thought you said the other <laughs> You know what? I had a thought. I had a vocal component. I left it. And like, yeah, where it sat. My bad. <laughs> uh, so, though, as not as well known as Krampus these days, which is a shame because this... Christmas time goddess slash witch slash all around terrifying lady uh, deserves a lot more press. Uh, she is a staple in the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria, uh, but relatively under the radar in North America. Um, according to a woman named Linda Radish, uh, was the author of a book called The Old Magic of Christmas. Uh, Frau Perchta, uh, also known in some cultures as Frau Berchta or Frau Bertha, uh, has also been called Spinstubenfrau or <laughs> the Spinning Room Lady. Uh, Syllables. <laughs> listen, l- I'm good with short German right, words, right, all right? You, you give me, like, the long... Uh, Germanic word. I'm not even saying German. I'm just saying the Germanic, so like what, that what, whole set of area, Austria, Germany. Your safe word is not in the German language. No, it's <laughs> not in a German language. I'd never get it right, and I would be beaten to a pulp before I figured yeah. it out. <laughs> uh, she is often depicted as a with a beaked nose made of iron, dressed in rags, and perhaps carrying a cane, and generally resembles a decrepit old crone. Uh, but this old crone packs a mighty wallop, uh, and she carries a long knife hidden under her skirt. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, she also bears a resemblance to the Scandinavian goddess Frigga, uh, and both of them share an obsession with one thing in common, uh, spinning, specifically, and domestic neatness, generally. Uh, frankly, is she is pretty judgy about the state of your home for a woman who dresses in all rags. Um, <laughs> legend has it that you better get all of your flax spun by the 12th night, which is January 6th, uh, for when the Christmas season was over, uh, it would be time to set up your upright loom, at which point you must have enough thread to warp it and start your weaving. 
And what is Frau Perchta's punishment for those lazy ladies who haven't finished their weaving? Uh, in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, uh, there were numerous tales of Frau Perchta trampling or even setting fire to the half-spun fibers. And if you should really irritate her, like say, not only was your flax not spun, but your house was a total mess, uh, this is the domestic goddess which hates a messy house, and I quote-unquote hates, that would be in all caps if we were text messaging. Um, <laughs> and you've even failed to leave out the traditional bowl of porridge for her? Well, then while rampaging will extend far beyond your slovenly spinning room, uh, she'll do nothing less than steal into your bedroom, disembowel you, Jesus. and replace your guts with rocks and straw. Well, that's, that's pleasant. She's sharing. So the moral of the story is, do not fuck with Frau Perchta. Got it? <laughs> I couldn't even say her name. Clean, so. clean your uh, but, per- but Perchta does more than just check up on your spinning. Uh, other legends uh, equate <coughs> Frau Perchta to the legendary Wild Hunt and say that she often flies through the night sky attended by an army of lost souls, including the demonic-looking Perchten, uh, the army of students, uh, the army of servants who visually nearly are indistinguishable from Krampus. Uh, the only way to know for sure is context. Krampus rides abroad on St. Nicholas Eve, while the Perchten tend to be more towards the Epiphany. Okay. Which, right, right, right. there we go. See, yeah. we're, we're tying our Full witches circle. together. You got the good witch, I got the wicked witch of the West. Yeah, I was about to say, I got Glinda. <laughs> it's fine, you got Glinda. <laughs> um, and the last three Thursdays before Christmas, also known as the Bergstall Nights or the Knocking Nights. Uh, also among her army of the night are the souls of unbaptized children. What about the knights who say knee? <laughs> Maybe. Knee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, legend has it is that if you hear wind or thunder roaring and rumbling through the mountains on Bergstall Nights... Uh, you really are hearing the sounds of Frau Perchta leading the wild hunt. Uh, hmm. Damn, dude. Um, so, yes, uh, she is not a fan of the slovenly. She, she is not a fan of the lazy. Gut you God. and she will gut you with straw and, and fill you with straw and rocks. Clean shaven. And <laughs> unlike those bad boys and girls that just get coal, uh, she kidnaps unbaptized children who are yeah. disobedient. Yeah. Jesus. That's almost like the... Where was this from? Germany? Uh, from Austria, Germany, Switzerland. Yeah, because there's one in Ice, or it's like Icelandic of uh, the, the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would literally kidnap children and eat them and all that if they were bad and all that. That's some shit, yeah. Oh yeah, you think you know like Santa just gave you a lump of coal? Like, nah, it's way worse in other countries. Yeah, yeah these people are like, Mm-mm. Yeah. this is this bitch is gonna kidnap you at best and disembowel you at worst. <laughs> like, <laughs> coal seems real good on my book right now. <laughs> like, like give me the bad stuff. Give me the black stuff. I can turn coal into diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, so that's that's my Christmas witch for you. No, I dig it. Um, no, there was like. I found more fun looking up the lore in, in Christmas than I did actually finding haunted hunting places in right. on Christmas. Uh, 
And just because even the, the cat that I mentioned, in right. the Icelandic version, there's trolls. And supposedly the big baddest troll has the cat as a pet. Nice. And the cat would actually bring the children back home so she could eat them rather than the cat itself. That, so it's, we like fun stories, right? So for us to be able to like hear weird stories yeah, yeah. as opposed to like researching them. You know, like right, right. this is this is one of those times where we had a holiday, we are gonna make a different, weird, fun light of it. Yeah. Uh, which is yeah. a, the darker side of Christmas. But yeah. uh, I wanted to make it fun to look up as opposed to not to say right. that looking up hauntings is hard, but it's you have to dive dive a little bit deeper into the yeah more because things in order I to mean let's it. be honest like when we look up things like uh, Google top ten lists are not on our radar no because everybody has everybody has heard those Google top ten lists yeah. You know, so to find the weird, obscure stuff that is like way back in the recesses of the dark, <laughs> you have to go into the dark. <laughs> that is that is fifty pages deep in the Google if yeah. you find it in the Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the interweb. <laughs> um, but no, I actually enjoyed looking up some of the stuff. Like it, it's the different aspect that other countries have because, like I said, we've all grown up here in America. The different aspect of what Christmas is in other countries is completely fascinating to me. Yeah. Uh, how it's... it's We get desensitized to what the true meaning of it is rather than just what the commercial value of it is. Right. Um, like I, I told my dad the other day, because uh, he was like, well, you know, you're older now. You, you make adult money. You can buy your own stuff. What do I get you? And I was like, Dad, you don't have to get me anything. Just... Like, I appreciate your presence on Christmas Day. Let's hang That's out. That's it. You know? And, like, a good conversation is all I actually require. Right. And uh, <laughs> he did get me a gift. And I can't say on air what it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, it's nothing bad. Oh. Nothing Whoa. perverted. <laughs> nothing perverted. But I don't want to delve into that situation. No. And so here's one of the things that's realism for you. You know what I mean? Um, so... One thing that I was explaining to my wife, like this Christmas, is uh, we were having a tighter time with finances this year, much huh. like much this, like most of us have had a tighter time with finances this year. Yeah. Right and you know what? Um, so my my son and Joe knows this, and my wife knows this, but this is just me sharing a portion of my private life with, uh, I guess, our listeners. Is uh, my son has never done the Santa Claus thing, right? So as long as he's been old enough to understand it's been Santa Dad. Um, and that's just because... And Mom. And Mom. Uh, but that's just because we don't want him to get this false sense of being disappointed sometime when we can't right, do right. things. You know what I mean? Um, so like this year came around and even our son Ezra was <laughs> explaining, hey... I know bills are tight and money is tight. You don't have to get me much. Right. You, you don't really have right. to get me anything. Jo- if I could explain to the listeners at home, like if oh, anything yeah, that was like the wor- that was the worst thing to say to me, I'm like I I can't get you nothing. Like, no. Like I understand that you. Yeah. And he's he's pushing 16 this year. He'll be 16 in less than a month, so he understands life yeah. and how it works. But I was like I no I I can't do that. Right. Well, you told me that earlier. 
and I told my dad that story. Mm-hmm. And he kind of went, <laughs> kind of chuckled a little bit. Because I've done that to him before. Like, and I feel on. like your dad, like being our generation, like your dad understands. Like yeah. he's like, no, no, I'm- he did. He he he's like, no. He goes, there were some Christmases like I couldn't get you what you wanted. I was like, Dad, here's the thing. As a kid, and as a as a grown adult now, I don't always need what I want. Mm-hmm. So you gave me what I needed rather than what I wanted. I was like, that's more valuable than anything else. Agree. <laughs> then he yelled at me for using his logic on him. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it, it's just a funny thing because I feel like that we grow up and to be fair, it wasn't what he said. It was me putting myself in his 15-year-old self. Right, right. Like when I was 15, like I would have been disappointed if that's the that's the year that we didn't get the new video game system. And right. to be fair, like growing in, growing up in a house with five kids, like we got one large present that the whole family shared. And then we got a bunch of smaller stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, but the point is, like, if it would have been that first year where, you know, when the Sega Genesis came out, we didn't get it. Like, yeah. <coughs> like, being a stupid kid, I would have been upset with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not that I didn't realize where it came from. It's just one of those things where it is yeah. what it is. Like, I would. Well, yeah, and that's the thing as a kid, you don't really. You don't really know the value of things mm. when you're a kid. It's like true. my niece actually did that one time, which I found hilarious, because um, she is not like this whatsoever. She is the most humblest person you ever met. Like I like to give rather than receive. But there was one time when she was a kid, and somebody got her a gift, and it was just a, a card with like five bucks in it. She goes, "That's it." Oh, <laughs> hold on. I understand though. I do. Here's the thing though. The adult started to break down and my niece gave her the five dollars back saying I don't you need, need this, this more as than much I do, as you do. <laughs> oh my which is worse for the adult yes but as a kid you're saying that hey I understand like you're Ezra saying hey money's tough right now I get it the economy's shit yeah you guys you, you don't have this. to get me anything yeah. as a kid you you're thinking worse. like I'm 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 doing good I'm doing what you raised me to do but as an adult, you're being told that you suck at financing. <laughs> no, fuck that. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, to be fair, to give the listeners like an extra expose into this, yeah. uh, Ezra is like three to four months into actually having a job right now. Right, so right, like right. he's, it, it's not that he knows the value of money, but he's, he's learning it for sure, right? So... There's one thing you've not mentioned yet. What are we doing next week? Womp, womp, womp. You know she always does that when we get in the conversation. That's fair. <laughs> like, literally, every time me and Alice kind of go off rails and get into a conversation a little bit, you're like, so what are we doing next week? That's her way of reining us in. <laughs> <laughs> so, either way, Merry Christmas to all the parents out there that are listening. And from your kids to us to you, uh... Live it. Just hang out with your kids. Have a great holiday. I hope you all had a super good holiday. Yeah. Um, so what are we doing next week? As far as our... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking rush me. All right? Eat a dick, both of you. All right? Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> what are we doing next week? We're doing Louisiana next week. Yeah. We're, jumping, we're jumping back into the States. We're doing Louisiana. All right. All right. Which is hilarious because I just watched that Anne Rice... 
Chronicles. The, so I just watched that because I was like, oh, I didn't even know this was the thing. So I watched, it's actually pretty good. So Yeah, yeah. Guess what's in the uh, list of top 500 places in Louisiana? Uh, yeah, the uh, moss-covered trees that mm-hmm. are going down the... I don't remember which... Myrtle. Myrtle. No, it's not Myrtle. Oh, wait. No, I know what you're talking about. I'm nope, sorry. It's yeah, something totally different. I forgot the name of it, but yes, I know what you're talking about. I need a laptop just to do that. Because I think it's, <laughs> it's actually named for the trail that goes from the road to the house. It's not the actual plantation or the house at all. I just I don't remember off the top of my head. No, but I know what you're talking about. But no, Louisiana is going to be fun. There's a lot. Yeah. And there always is a lot. Yeah. And I'm sitting here trying to teeter on whether or not I do the ghost side of it or the folklore side of it. Because you're talking about oh, the bayou and the swamps. Yeah, there's a good amount on both <laughs> sides. This might be one where I can't really find a story because I can't decide on one. <laughs> I wonder if I see if I can get a hold of somebody. Mm, Oak Valley Plantation. Hmm. I knew somebody that... I know somebody... Knew somebody. Know somebody that uh, lived in New Orleans. Well, not New Orleans. Yeah, but in Louisiana yeah. for... An extensive period of time. Mm, I don't know if uh, Justin and Candace still live down there or not. Uh, they moved back. Did they? Yep. Nice. Hmm. I think they were in uh, Shreveport. Is there Shreveport, Louisiana, too? I thought it was Shreveport, Mississippi. No, sir. It's definitely Louisiana. I don't know. Listen, listen, I'm not judging. I'm not asking. I'm not saying I was right. I was like, I thought it was this. The Myrtle's Plantation is is the one with the um, mossy oaks. Um, But the one that you're thinking of with the incredibly famous... Like walkway line, uh, that is uh, the Oak Valley Plantation. Oak Alley. Oak Alley. Alley. Plantation. That's the one. Like when you said Valley, I was like, I yeah, don't feel God. like that was right. So, no, Oak Alley. You're right. I thought of Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, yes, that's yeah. it, that's why it yeah. is the the house was used in Forrest yeah, Gump. Yeah, that yeah. was his house. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Pretty awesome, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Louisiana's gonna be fun. Louisiana's gonna be fun. Christmas was fun. Christmas was fun. We hope that you guys had a good time joining us. Yeah. We absolutely... We love you guys. We treasure you guys. That's why we're here the day after Christmas doing this. I mean, that and, you know, we're ghost hunters. We're boring old people. And there's no ghosts to hunt on Christmas Day because everybody's busy doing not ghost things. There's plenty of ghosts to hunt. It's winter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of white people out there right now. <laughs> winner. Winner says, so it was so fucking hilarious. It is 52 degrees. 56. In Ohio. Right. 56 today. Oh, well. Was well, the high. At on. this moment, it's 52. Guys, we've lived in Ohio for all these years. It's always worse in January in the winter than it is in December. So true. <laughs> I remember when it snowed in October. All right. <laughs> I have yeah. seen snow on, but, like, while I was wearing my my costume for Halloween. But historically, it's always been worse in January. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know because I don't know because back when I was snowing back then, right? Um, it literally would snow in October, and we wouldn't see the grass till like fucking May. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you what was worse and what was better. It was just yeah. snow all fucking winter. I mean, yeah. if you want like real time awesome like weather reports that are super super accurate there's a dude on youtube named ryan hall uh his channel is called ryan hall y'all 
and he is like stupid accurate. I want to say he's from like Kentucky or he's the state below us. I think he's Kentucky. I honestly do not. Or I don't know where he's from, but he is ridiculously accurate. more accurate he's, than our local weathermen. Yeah, he's shout out to Dick Goddard. I love Dick Goddard. <laughs> That's what happened to Dorothy full time? But yeah, this dude Ryan Hall, honest to goodness, he is like a an actual professional weather analyst. So he's uh, he's really good. <coughs> he's he's always been very accurate. But yeah, he totally said Ohio's going to have very very little snow in the in the way of the Christmas region and even going a little further up. It's just I haven't watched this latest video where shit's about to hit the fan and it's about to get real cold. But yeah, we're supposed to get some sort of a weird trough coming down from Canada that's supposed to make things a little shitty. No, okay. Either way. Yeah, whatever. That's another part about getting old. You pay more attention to the weather. Yeah, because I want to know if my bones are going to hurt when I wake up in the morning. You know what? I'm fucking wearing shorts tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Right. (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't met Alex in person, he wears shorts all the time. Literally every day. And if it gets cold, he just pulls his socks up a little higher. It's fucked up. Quite literally. 45 degrees below zero with the wind chill last year on Christmas Eve, and I wore shorts to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> trust me, he's outside right. shivering, but... <laughs> he's, he's not right. Um, also, are we getting any new listeners? Uh, different countries? Yeah. Let me... Oh, we did have some from a different country uh, recently. Let me uh, double pull this up. It's like I knew. Just to confirm firm whether or not we have any since the last time I told you. So, where was it that they were from? I'm trying to remember... Uno momento. Because Podbean will fucking tell me. It will. Thank you, Podbean. Yay! Uh, the Philippines. The yes, Philippines! Um, and then we just got a new one from Mexico. Oh, wow! Mexico. Thank you, Mexico. We appreciate you. I'm sorry I do not know Spanish. I hope that you know English. Cause uh, so yeah. also, just... Obviously they do. I hope so. So also, just to give people... Otherwise, like we're very fucking confusing. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and you know what? If we totally fuck up some of these words, please, for the love of God, email us and let us know. Yes, I am not above. I am not above being grammar correct. By all I means. Always, I want to learn. By all means, we will put... Did I mention that we had listeners in the Netherlands as well, apparently? I was... About well, five where, seconds ago, you uh, did. Yeah, there it was, right there. We do have... Uh, in the uh, Netherlands, that's awesome. In the, and actually, now so... He's, now he's nervous. <laughs> so, top three countries is obviously the United States. That's yeah, where we're from. Where Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, followed by the UK. Followed by the Netherlands is in third place. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. I wish I wish that it was I cool apologize. enough that it could tell us like where in the Netherlands these folks were located. Uh, it does, you know what? There's a good way. Put our socials out. <gasps> <laughs> See that little segue? Hey guys, we want to know. Where are you from? Where are you from? You can definitely get a hold of us at facebook.com slash no lights paranormal. You can also send me an email. Or Joe or Alex, doesn't matter. You can email any of us. So No Lights Paranormal is our Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group that you can join that is No Lights Paranormal Network. And I totally just got cut off while I was trying to tell you that you could email us your questions, comments, stories. You're welcome. Or grammar <laughs> corrections at nolightsparanormal at gmail.com or visit us at nolightspara on X. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So <laughs> other than the normal taglines, what I will leave you guys with is just mild hints at our future plans. Uh, I feel like we are about halfway to a little over halfway, not quite two-thirds yet, through our 50-state um, expose. We're getting there. It's not really an expose, but... Whatever. I'm just trying to think of a fancy word to make up for it. There it is. So, <laughs> we, we started with random topics. We decided to go with 50 states so that we can find a place near you. Um, what I will say is that I think internally we are thinking that after we finish up the 50 states, before we start a second round trip through some states, and with a break of maybe some random topics can be Oh, played, here we go. We got all kinds of crazy shit coming. Is that uh, all of you folks that have listened to us from different countries? Yeah. Um, that's kind of maybe our next veer off in that direction. But I would actually really love for all of you in you know the Netherlands and Mexico and the Philippines, please let us know, um, uh, European folks, where exactly are you so that we can look into <laughs> stuff that's like actually in your vicinity instead of like half the country. We don't want to know your address. We no, yeah, no addresses, please. <laughs> but I would like to know, you know, the major, the major city close to you. Um, also, we are not opposed to provided our internet works out. Uh, having some of you folks uh, call in on our Discord server. Oh heck yeah! And you know what? Other paranormal investigators, like there are a bunch of really cool ones that I that I see on Facebook from the UK. I would so incredibly love to have them come on to the podcast and tell us stories about places they've been in the UK that I may or may not ever get to. Right. I mean, for example, my thought is uh, if one of you people from who looks like pretty consistently listens to the podcast from the UK have a place that you want to talk about or an experience that you've had. Please, I want to know. Cool. We're down with it. I'm so excited. Tell me. We are down the travel. We will also come hunt with you. You know what? <laughs> if I can just stay in your guest room, uh, we'll be good to go. Just messing. Yeah, as long, I mean, as long as we can save on a hotel bill, maybe I can come up with flight money. And you know what? <laughs> we just talked about being broke on Christmas, but right, it's fine. Right. We'll figure it out. If you want to investigate in the U.S., I got a real comfy couch you can hang out on. Absolutely. Uh, but either way, we love you guys. Reach out to us on socials. Uh, we'll see you again next week in Louisiana. And in the meantime, don't fuck with the Baba Yaga. Or apparently, Frau Pertzia. Yeah. yeah. Fucking lick it. <laughs>